Welcome back to another episode of the Rankable Podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Sussman of iPoll Rank. And I am hyped. Not only do we have a dude that I recently connected with, but respect so much in our industry, but he is also a Rankable Podcast listener. We are going to be talking all about schema. Like, why it's important, how it's been around forever, what you should do, best practices, what you should avoid, and what's going to happen with all this like SGE AI stuff and is schema more important, less important, semantics. Today, I'm joined by none other than Dave Ojeda. Dave is the owner of Dave Ojeda Consulting. He's been in the industry for like way more than a decade, uh, 14 years, worked in digital marketing, helping businesses increase organic leads, converting more sales. And during the last seven years, he's focused on providing the schema markup strategy and designed to help businesses build knowledge graphs, working on projects, getting their schema in order, which shockingly, so many websites just kind of ostrich head in the sand. Don't even think about it. Dave, dude, thanks for joining me. How you doing? Yeah, uh, it's awesome. It's awesome to be with you and not just listening to you as I on my treadmill daily. So I'm excited. I'm thrilled and thrilled, thrilled for the topic. It, you know, it's interesting in, in the world of podcasts, there's so many great SEO podcasts. We were just talking before you, you want to rattle off some of your favorites that you listen to plug for all these great people. I mean, uh, Search with Candor. Yes. Uh, I love that. I mean, there's so many, it's hard to choose because there's always something great. That you have, you know, like I should like, that's a great topic. Let me listen to that. I wasn't even thinking about it, but yeah, that was worth my time. Dude, and I love, I love that you said you like listen to them on walks. I was thinking, cause you and I both work remote. Like I don't have the commute anymore to listen to podcasts. So you right. need to find those moments. Like you're walking and you just like, you zone in and just takes you to that, that land of SEO voices. Yep, absolutely. And you know, and it's the way that I feel like, I got healthier, my mind and my body. Like that's a that's a double duo. I can't beat, dude. I mean, it 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 is, and it's and it's. I I like getting stuck in my own head without anything sometimes, but other times I really appreciate just having very smart people talking to me while I'm while I'm exercising. Well, I appreciate you doing these podcasts because they're awesome. They help me a lot, dude. Well, let's get structured. Let's talk schema. Right. Um, so. Schema's been around for a while. Before we even kind of dive into some of these best practices, what what drew you to Schema? What, how'd you get involved? Well, um, as anything, you know, so I, I do work local and organic for clients. And it was a time like eight years ago where, I mean, I had been doing some of it, but really I was like trying to be like, I like this idea of connecting the pieces and like, how do we connect the pieces? Like, this makes total sense. And, but you know, once again, Back then, like no one's even talked about where do I find information? So, you know, doing a lot of research to find the right people at the time, which are still um, in the industry, uh, to kind of mentor me and find a product that worked. And then once again, like like when I found search, like this really excites me. I really love thinking about this all the time. And so, you know, there you go. I probably 80% of my consultancy is, is schema markup at this point. I, I believe it, but it's so interesting because. And we were just talking about this too. Maybe it's a marketing issue, but I don't think enough marketers and even SEOs understand the value of schema. Like what is it supposed to do? Like when you're talking to your clients or, or pitching your services, like how do you explain the value of schema to people? Well, um, usually, you know, it goes back to like schema markup is two sides of the coin. You know, what it is it's, it's 
your rich results, which is all the bells and whistles, your 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 rating stars used to be FAQs, how tos, you know, everything else like that. So those are something which give you you know a real ROI that you could speak to. Now on the other side is going to be your entity understanding. You know, so the key with schema markup in, in a in a nutshell, it's schema markup provides the ability to describe an entity or entity which exists on a page, how they relate to each other how they relate to other entities within the site, how they relate to the internet as a whole. And usually that is through like external vocabulary, such as Wikidata, Wikipedia, where you use that to hone in on that major schema class. So, you know, it's both. Now, as we know, as marketers and, uh, you know, working with clients is selling the rich results, the ROI, it's a lot easier than doing entity relationships. But I will tell you over the last two years, uh, there has been a change and change in terms of even the clients coming to me and some of the bigger clients, e-commerce and some of the big brands that come to me, they're like, Dave, we like, we know how to do rich results. We're doing it. We got a team, but it's like, we don't think that we're really pulling together our entity relationships correctly. And we need you to come and like do an audit. Give us some insights to how we can do that and really pull everything together because we feel and we see a need and by the conversations going on with Google that this is the time to do that. Or, you know, we needed to do that six months ago or a year. Like, what do we need to do to get ramped up? Dude, that, it resonates so much because as we were saying, like I, I started in local as well. And I actually worked for review generation software where those stars are so critical. And, and it was always such a pain in the butt to explain the clients the difference between like service reviews versus product reviews, like and the way that Google handles them differently. And I remember I, I think it was like 2018 where Google stopped showing stars as rich results in a lot of the service businesses, yep. and people were pissed. Yes. Yep. And that in back in the old days, I mean that happened. And people are like, well, why did it change? You know, it, it changed because as we know, things that are given to us as SEOs, we kind of abuse. Uh hat tip to FAQ rich results that happened recently. And so it's one of those things where, you know, you kind of do it as long as it works until it doesn't. And then you look at some other opportunities or you push on the other opportunities that you're already doing, but you put more time and effort into those. Yeah, exactly. And and it, that is SEO. It's like, there's this whole idea of like, you know, black hack techniques that, that you're not supposed to do. And there's always going to be risk of something that you ultimately do get penalized for, like PBNs, you know, these these blog networks and, and linking there could eventually hurt. I mean, people still do it, but like it's frowned upon in, in our sure. industry because it's it's mani- trying to manipulate search results. Same right. with, the, with the star ratings. To that point, so rich results is one aspect the entities is another. And can you explain? So, and we're going to get into this a little bit in terms of the future of Google, but keywords have always been the focus of SEO, right? Like algorithms always understood specific keywords and relevance that way. But entities, the way that Google algorithms understand the relationships and what things are, has become the primary way that search engines work. Can you talk about that in the context of schema? Well, and the biggest thing, you know, when I work with people is, um, you know, like, oh, we want to do schema markup, this or that, but we have to take a step back. We have to take a step back to like, what are entities in the first place? Understanding how they are relating the, you know, people, person, place, or thing, you know, and also how they relate to each other and understanding the relationship. Like, 
this person is an alumni of, this person is the same as this on the social network. You know, getting those connections and understanding what it is, an entity, and then going the next step, which is, okay, we know what things are. How do we apply that information in a way that is formatted, that is standardized to possibly place that on a website for it to be crawled? Once again, we go from understanding entities into using a vehicle, well, a vocabulary such as schema markup via schema.org to translate entities into the definitions and the relationships of how they do. That's where, you know, that's where we're moving towards. For right. most and to that point, it's like that, that's the thing is I think a lot of people are hoping that Google looks at their website and understands the relationship understands through the content what type of entity they are but the the schema is actually giving the roadmap it's still like what is the advantage of providing that information to google compared to a website that doesn't do it just depends on its contents and backlinks sure well the way i look at schema markup is you know let's let's push rich results aside for a minute because that's basically bells and whistles it goes back to it's a confirmation layer. You know, it's a knowledge graph of your site, but it's a confirmation layer on top of all the hard work you do with title tags, H1s, H2s, the content itself, the way the content is formed, the way it is linked to basically say Google looks at it and says, okay, we're unsure what you're trying to say here. We're, we're unsure what you're trying to mean in terms of all of these pages. They can look at schema markup and get like, okay, you're saying this is related to this and it's the same as this. Okay, now I get it. Now, will Google use schema markup all the time, 100%? No, but you are ahead of the game if you have that confirmation layer there and you allow Google to use it when they need to. Unlike another site is, we don't have it. So then, as we know, when you allow Google to look at something and make a choice and like they're going to sometimes, more often not, uh, choose incorrectly in terms of what your, what your best motives are. You know, as we know, title tags, you know, title tags change and be rewritten. It's because they saw it differently and they did. You didn't give them enough signals within the content to confirm that that title tag should be what it is. So that's kind of how I look at it in that example of the title tags. Yeah, I, it's, it's a great point. It's like the same thing with canonicals comes up so often in SEO. It's like you're trying to tell Google to do one thing and sometimes it goes in a different direction, but at least you're providing as much info as you can for them to get it right more often than not. So we talked about entities and that's a whole part of like semantic schema markup. Now, if you're a marketing team and you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, holy crap, okay, this is something I need to get on. We've never done this before. Where do you start? What's what's the first steps you should do to effectively implement this for your website? Well, I mean, with implementing schema markup, obviously, you know, as we know with marketing teams and big and big companies, you have to buy in. You have to know that if you're going to create these tickets for whatever you end up with, you have to know that there's a dev team that's actually going to implement this. I mean, I kind of start with talking to your dev teams, understand like, like, have you worked with JSON before? Are you familiar with JSON? Are you familiar with structured data? Do you know what it is? To know what level of assistance they will need to perform what you what you want to do, which is create schema markup. You know, we're looking at big e-commerce sites like how familiar, how often do you do programmatic SEO? Do you do deployment um, in a dynamic way that is going to allow us to take 500,000 product pages and allow that schema market template that you build to be pushed across all of them? So, I mean, knowing that, because sometimes 
you'll get everything right, which is, you know, you'll, you'll in-house or hire someone like me to build out templates and then you get it done and you push it. Devs are like, we don't know what to do with this. And as we know with bigger dev teams, we don't know what to do with this. You're not explaining correctly. Let's just put that on the backlog and we'll get to the other stuff that we need to do. So for marketing teams, I think that knowing ahead of like what they can do on the dev side and then going back through the, the front end is building those schema templates that are consistent and that, you know, basically well-documented. It's not about just giving them a JSON document. Okay, take this, explain that this is what we're trying to do. For these product pages, we're trying to relay this information. And, you know, as we know, with templating, it's about mapping. You're mapping what is on the page to what you're going to do in terms of creating JSON-LD. It's interesting, like, when we speak specifically about e-commerce, because I feel like that those businesses in that industry are so primed to take advantage of of schema specifically like semantic and and also the rich results in the bells and whistles because ultimately as google starts to implement this this sge which i'm very curious about your perspective on and for those of you who don't know sge is a search generative experience it's google's integration with their their mum algorithm and ai and bert and getting very complex and understanding the relationship between your search queries and trying to predict via generative AI the best results for e-commerce, it's very much tied to what it's pulling from the website. And one interesting um, thing that was announced at a recent event was that Google's depending less and less on the merchant center for e-commerce and more on the content on the website, including structured data. So with advancements in all that stuff, Dave, what, how do you think the importance of schema is going to change over the next year, five years? So the answer is, I don't know. But <laughs> I will I will take a little ride into the past to talk about what's going on. So prior to ChatGPT, prior to the whole thing that happened where we are now, is um, uh, on a, and I sent you like on a recent, a lot, probably a year ago, Google off the record, uh, Ryan Levering, who is part of the structured data team, um, he was on there and there was this question at the end, the last four minutes at the end, like, so Ryan, like, what do you think the future of structured data is? And it was interesting what he said. I'll read a little piece to you if I could, because it's it's really relevant on what he was saying. It's such a good podcast. This is Search Off the Record with uh, Lizzie Sassman and John Mueller. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's great. And so real quickly, so what he said is, so I think that, that a much cleaner approach, particularly for some of our structured data ingestion paths. So figuring out a way to get around the actual visual representation and figure out ways to link the structured data with the web page, but not necessarily embed it on the web page. So I think there's a cleaner way to do data transfer between data providers and Google. So reading that, as we know, data feed. How can we split up and provide a separate data feed of structured data? So prior to LLMs, they were already looking at this. And when Ryan says something, you, you, you got to believe it. So mm -hmm. if they were looking at that then, moving forward to LLMs, as we know, here's you know the biggest thing probably within the last two weeks is, you know, everyone's saying like, I don't want you to take my data. I, like, I'm going to block you. You're not going to get this data. So in a certain way, what happens when the LLMs don't have access to all this data? They have to get this data, but they can't get access. Um, as we know, Google could give 
um, carrots for certain things, like they do for rich results. What about the ability to say, okay, if you provide us data feeds or open it up, what we can do at that point is we will give you something. You you will get special preference, special you know special insights um, from your website. So the key is that structured data will be something that is cleaner, easier for them to use. While they have some difficulty right now with people saying they don't want their data being used, can Google give enough incentive to allow you to do it and allow you to do it in a formatted form, which makes it easier for Google and gives you something in return? That's where I see it's going, potentially. Now, the other thing is, we know that um, the search generative experience right now, in its format, it's in flux. Who knows where it's going to end up? FAQ rich results were taken away. But if the final format of search generative experience, it may be something that doesn't even look like what we see now. And I would not be surprised if maybe potentially FAQs come back in some way, shape, or form, obviously scaled back. But maybe it does if they really don't use the current experience we're seeing with um, search generative experience. It is so fun to try and speculate and predict. And to your point, it's like we we don't know. And right. you see, but everything is moving faster. This all these changes that we've seen feel different than the past, you know, five, 10 years of SEO. I mean, SEO is always changing. It's interesting that idea between you and Ryan of like a a specific feed, because like as I mentioned, the Google Merchant Center for e-commerce is a product feed, but that's like independent of structured data. And there's also this kind of kind of duality, this this dichotomy between enterprises that where the structured data feels a lot more important versus like a, a very small website, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'd imagine that one of the biggest things is accessibility to adding this um, to kind of tie it back and kind of get closer to like a practical um, sort of takeaway from this. What are some of the mistakes that people make and what should they think about going forward? Like how important to your point is it to get on the board with schema now versus like waiting i think like anything taking a proactive approach even if google's not using it to the nth degree is something you want to do because as we know maybe you have time and budget right now to implement it then go ahead and do it you know because down the road maybe it's you know there are other priorities and this gets pushed aside and suddenly like oh we didn't do that like and we don't have the bandwidth like we're in trouble and once again not every company has time and budget to do these things. So I think it's going to be the people that are proactively thinking about doing it are going to be the ones that are going to be ahead in the end as they as they usually are. It makes me think of when during COVID and you heard about all of these companies shutting down their, their ad spend or shutting down their marketing um, and thinking that like they had, that was a, a time they had to tighten up. Whereas you had the companies that went all in and went even harder and were able to jump so much further ahead. It feels like it's like analogous to schema where so many people aren't doing this. This is almost an opportunity for your business to jump back because it's not going anywhere. Correct. And one thing I think of when we talk about that example of data feeds in in the past that Google said they want to do as well as where they may go is you think about this, you know, let's go back to AMP. You know, AMP was like, put, put, I mean, we all laugh about it, but the, the, the key piece for me is, is put your data on our servers. Mm-hmm. You know, merchant listing was give us a feed. It's all about getting you used to putting stuff in their hands. And I think that 
that this is what they're getting at is if you could get into our hands in an easier way, instead of us crawling, you think about like if they could reduce crawling by 2%, 3% across the world through structured feeds and having like, you know, wow. You, you talk about dollar signs in terms of what they would save by giving someone a couple carrots, telling them to do a feed of, you know, as we know, Google with even with rich results, they tell you what they need that works for them, not necessarily for the entity, entity relationships across your site. But I think that's something that moving forward, they would want to do because I mean, what a huge benefit that would be for them. It's going to be so interesting, the internal conversations among teams about this debate, as you mentioned, about whether making your data accessible to LLMs or Google ultimately or not, and deciding of, for instance, e-commerce, is it worth it to cut yourself off from these search engines where you're going to get a lot of visibility by giving them access to your data versus not? It's that incentive. I can imagine those conversations of the value, the way that you're presenting it, how those are going to play out. And some some companies are going to just decide that it's not worth it. And I feel like they'll probably lose out. Yeah, I think that I think that, you know, thinking from like a scarcity mentality, they're going to be like, okay, we're going to keep this in. But I think that, you know, those are going to be the ones that, you know, when they see what they're missing out are going to be pushing everyone. Oh, we got to get this out there now. It's like, now is six months. And it's like, no, no, I need I need it next week. It's like, it's six months and I'm lying to you. It's really eight months or a year. Um, so I think there's going to be some good conversations now. And I think there's going to be some very rushed conversations in the future. That That's a great point, especially if we know with enterprises, everything takes to your point two, five, 10 times longer. It's like, if you're not having them now, it's going to be too late. Okay. Are you ready for some rapid fire ranking, sir? I am ready. Okay, before we even dive in, I have to ask, what can you explain that awesome graphic behind you? For those of you who are listening to us uh, via a podcast stream, Dave has this incredible, not a grid, it's just a circular entity relation. I'm going to let you explain it. What do you got? It's a linked data graph, and it's showing uh, entities that are connected. And it's one of the things like, you know, do I want to show my the back behind my office. No, I want to show this cool graphic that everyone knows. And that, and I use this always uh, when I work with clients, stuff like that. Cause I mean, honestly, I look at it all day. I'm like, like, that's really cool. But once again, we're geeks. So we're like, that is cool. Yeah. I like that. So. I was going to, I was going to ask, is there any specific one in general? Like I was hoping you're saying like, that's my personal. No, like, no, no. Wow. I would be very busy <laughs> if this was mine. I don't think I would even have time for the podcast. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, let's do this rapid fire rankings. Turn some music on. Turn on the clock. Here we go. First off, Dave, rank your top three of something, anything that you love most in the world. Cool. Movies Star Wars, Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh my gosh. Uh, so I, this is always tough because I want to react to every single thing. Ashoka, we'll talk. Anyway, rank your best SEO marketing win. Marketing win was a weird one. It was years ago I was brought in because um, a client was losing rankings. Pages were pages were getting de-indexed. What we realized was the pages were ended up being um, from a certain group that controlled a certain area of the site. And it ended up being a disgruntled employee that was randomly making changes uh, to the site to force it to have bad rankings. 
my gosh, she fixing that. That's that's nuts. Okay, rank your top three SEO tools. SEO tools, schema, schema app for schema markup, keyword insights for anything with clustering and keywords, and of course, Siteball for my audits. Love it. Rank your best SEO trick or tactic. Trick or tactic is really live in the SERPs. Really don't trust the tools, use the tools as a guide, but live in the SERPs and look and see what is out there. That's the most important thing to me. And even with Schema Markup, you know, what pages are getting FAQs, what pages are getting rich results and not. Yep, and Inspect is your best friend. Rank what you love most about SEO. It's always changing. So true. It is. I mean, hence this, this conversation. Rank your best learning SEO resource. Is conversations. You know, a lot, you know, you can read and you can read and do YouTube videos, but in the end, having conversations, whether it's DMs or phone calls and chats, I mean, that's really where you get the mind working and you start thinking about things. I mean, for me, I try to have as many as possible people monthly just to kind of brainstorm. Yeah, that's why I do this podcast, to be able to talk and learn from you and all awesome. these amazing SEOs. Okay, rank the, this is the hardest question I always ask, rank the top one to three SEOs or marketers that you most admire and look up to. Okay, so um, first is a combo. It's uh, Martha and Mark Van Burko Schema App, who were doing Schema Markup nine, ten years ago before anyone else was. Um, Jess Joyce uh, is one of the incredible SEOs, but a talented, incredible dev. Uh, and she's been a mentor for me for a while. And then uh, Jarno Vandriel, which is another person schema markup had, you know, in the days or forever. And he's one of my mentors and uh, I, I learn every day from him. Amazing, amazing people. And, and finally, rank the number one cause or charity that you want to promote. Well, that's going to be Habitat, Habitat for Humanity. It's one of those things that's been part of uh, my wife's family for years participating in and we do as well. Uh, so we love it. I love that, Dave. This has been awesome. Obviously, it's such an important aspect of SEO that I feel like is so underrated. You and I were talking about how we just need to continue to get on social and shout it from the rooftops. More people Absolutely. need to know. If people want to find you online, what's the best way to get in touch? Uh, best way to get in touch is my website, which is DaveOjeda.com. Uh, you can also hit me up on Twitter and LinkedIn. Shoot me a DM. Happy to chit-chat and talk about schema markup till the cows come home. There you go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say your first nicest guy in schema. There, I said it. I said it. Thank you so much for being my guest, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I had a great time. Awesome. My name is Garrett Sussman of iPull Rank. We will catch you soon for another episode of the Rankable Podcast. Peace out. 